0: Here's something that's just crazy, and this is so difficult to understand, but some people are just not going to heal. What's up, guys? Welcome to the podcast. Got my favorite guest. He's Ooh. so much better than Chad, Chad and Parker did. and every other guy. Oh, they're guy. <laughs> so mad, dude. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He's, but he, but he is one of my favorite humans in the entire You world.
1: guys are my favorite guests, so back, back at you.
0: Second week in a row, we got Bernie back mm-hmm. in the podcast room to help answer your questions. The reason Bernie's on here is because if I have a question in my life for the last 22 years, I call Bernie and I say, hey, Burns, I got something I'm dealing with. Can you help me? And he always delivers just what I need to hear. It's it's a great
1: thing to have for that long and also reminds us that we're getting old, man. We're getting old. Yeah. (laughs) You got the silver fox thing going on, man. I know we're getting old. Both of us. Yeah.
0: So uh the, the format of this podcast is we answer your questions. If you have anything you want to walk through with us, and we like to say it's like we're sitting around a campfire, embers are dying down, and you walk up and you say, Hey guys could I talk about something, something that's been on my mind, something that's been bothering me, something I'm excited about, a, a decision I have to make, could I ask you? And so and then we walk through it like we're around that campfire, and uh, and we talk about it as much as we can. We're not always right, and that's okay. We're just going to tell you what the best advice we would give each other as buddies. That's what we want to give you. Yeah, and I definitely want to recognize
1: that We have a voice here, um, which I don't take lightly, and I know that Grizz doesn't take lightly. We have a voice, and there's a lot of people out there that don't have a voice, and so we want to use it in a way that comes across as very humble and curious, and really here, I know the heart of this podcast from Granger to you guys is to encourage and build you up and enter into your heartbreak, your suffering, your life, your challenges with you,
0: and we wanna be a voice that is that kind of positive influence for you. Absolutely, absolutely. So to get on this podcast, to get your question to me, email grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com. Don't hesitate, could be about anything. The only thing I really ask is make it about a phone length question, because if it gets more than that, it's harder to read. Um, And we'll walk through it with you. So we got the first one right here. I've got a bunch of them today. Subject line on this one is, as soon as you stop looking, and says, hey, Granger. And by the way, Burns, I read this question right before. It's kind of interesting. Okay. Hey, Granger, I want to start off by saying, I love your music and everything you stand for. You've showed me a clear path to get closer to God, and I want to thank you for that. My name is Abigail. I'm 20 years old. I'm from a small town in Alberta, Canada. Recently, I decided that I was not going to look for a relationship at the moment. I wanted to work on myself and make sure that I'm truly ready for one. But of course... Because I decided that, just like your song happens like that, as soon as I stopped looking, it was right in front of my face. The guy I made an effort to see more frequently now, because he's the guy that my family wants me to be with, now he's asking me if we can go get coffee sometime. And I'm so stumped. Do I continue my path of self-discovery and see where it goes or talk to one of these guys? I really don't know what to do. And my family's influence over who they want me to be with is really taking a toll on me. So here we go. This is interesting. So she has two guys, the guy that I made an effort to see more frequently now, and the guy that my family wants to be me to be with are Mm -hmm. saying they should go to coffee. Um, And so basically what's happening here is this is someone that's listened to the podcast. That's taken our advice burns on being single and secure, being happy alone finding contentment. And just as I have predicted on this podcast, when you start doing that, when you make an effort to be content and single and and content alone, you are putting off an attraction to others because they see that and they're like, man, what is it about that girl? Like she's different. Confidence is
1: like moth to a flame.
0: Yeah. So because of that, and because of her confidence and her security in herself, mm-hmm. she's now put off this attraction. I want to use this question as an example to so many others that we try to preach this into. And and my theory has always been that when you do this, you just become more attractive. You become different. You become something special. And now look at Abigail. Mm-hmm. She's got two guys wanting to take her to coffee. <laughs> And one of them is the one she used to really like, and now, and, and the other one is the, like the guy that her family really wants her to be with. So you're you're asking the question to me like this is a dilemma, but I'm telling you this is awesome. Yeah, like Abigail, this is amazing, and I want everyone to see what Abigail has done. Um, that she's put an effort into working on being secure with herself, because mm-hmm. like I said, you're 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 going to be born alone, and you're going to die alone. And you have to be secure with that—that that you alone will be born and die. So, so what does she do now? She like says in- she's stumped. Yeah. She does she continue on the path of self discovery and see where it go or see where it goes with either one of these guys? Um, which is an interesting dilemma now, right? We've yeah. never answered one like this. This is like next yeah. level. Um, I'm going to go back
1: to something, I don't know why it popped in my head that we said on the last podcast, and um, in, in maybe it applies, guys, I don't know, I'm just, you know, we're just talking around a campfire here, right? Um, <clears throat> instead of telling you what to do, I want to remind you of who God is, and I want you to push into who God is, and let that be the determining factor and decision maker of What you should do listen listen just be still and listen and i think he's going to tell you you know ask him for clarity like like we've said before and i i don't know if we could tell you oh yeah you should do this you shouldn't um because it sounds like there's there's freedom in that confidence that she now has yeah you 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 know from our view we don't know these dudes and we don't know her family and it's like well you could do either
0: so you know what the other interesting thing about this question is is that we talk so much about heartbreak on this podcast mm-hmm. and recovering from it or dealing with it or being in the middle of it. So here's a question that's pre-heartbreak. Oh yeah, it's good. Right? So so what we just talked about off the air was the importance of guarding your heart. So mm. so first of all I would say coffee's not going to hurt anybody. Go to coffee with both of them. It's not going to hurt anybody. But go in First, with this confidence that you are fine by yourself without a relationship. And two, that you are going to guard your heart no matter what happens. No matter mm-hmm. if you go, wow, I I really click with this guy. I actually mm-hmm. really like this guy. But I'm going to guard my heart because it's not his yet. Mm-hmm. And it wouldn't be until you get married. But you're going to guard your heart saying, I'm going to hold on. I'm not going to show him all my cards, Right going to take this slow. There's no rush. You're 20 years old. There is no reason to speed anything up. You could do this now. It's hard six months down the road when you already sped it up. It's hard mm-hmm. to slow it down once this train gets going. Mm-hmm. So right now, the train is on the track, stopped at the station. Before it goes, recognize, I'm going to take it slow.
1: hmm
0: I think one thing also to, to
1: kind of look for, I'm just thinking whenever I was in kind of that courtship period with my now wife is I had a heart that was like, I want to guard her heart as well as mine. I, I want to lead us in this way. So the, these guys like, look at how they're, are they really trying to guard your heart and protect you? Or are they like, Hey, uh, more selfishly. Hey, I just want to. I want to spend time with you, and I want to. I want to do this. I want to do this instead of respecting you and really saying no. Let's let's take this
0: slow. Let's get to know each other. Let's um kind of take it the way that you're talking about. Yeah, that's great. I think the family component. If a family's telling you they don't like a guy, take it to heart. If a family's t- family's telling you they do like a guy, that doesn't matter that much to me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, it's like your heart's going to like them or not, but yeah. that's that's great. It's great for the first coffee date, but nothing after the coffee date. So um, I don't think that should influence you. Yeah. Above, above
1: all else, guard your heart. I think Granger said it. We live in this society that we were just talking about where we are just so quick to give ourselves away. And we I don't know why we do that. Why do we do that when we know that that is what, leads to heartbreak and that's not that's not just uh, a relationship but think about a job where uh, you know your career and a company that you just joined and you didn't really you know think about the and talk to the people and like and uh, you know research the company that you were going to work for and the line of work and then you just like jumped in it's like man now I'm like heartbroken because this didn't go the way I thought it's like if you slowed down and just guard your heart a little bit, have the confidence that Abigail has,
0: I, I think we could avoid a lot of it. Abigail, when you go to coffee, and you don't have to, by the way, if, if you're like, man, I'm just not into this right now, I'm kind of on a good roll, I'm gonna avoid coffee, I think that's fine. I don't think there's anything wrong also with going to coffee with these guys, because I think you'll learn something about the opposite sex, and you'll learn something more about yourself through it. Either way, if you start liking one of these guys, like if you feel the little butterfly in your stomach, like, wow, this guy's really sweet and I'm attracted to him. If you feel that, you're heading down two, one of two roads. And I want you to hear this. One, this is either somebody that's going to break your heart or you're going to be dealing with a heartbreak with, or two, your future spouse. So handle accordingly. Mm-hmm. You are going down one of these paths. Once again, for the tenth time, guard, that's so, guard your heart. That's so good. That those are really the paths, and do, I
1: mean, do we think about that when we no. go into these things? That those are really the two paths, and we think that there's like these other options. It's like, oh, well, we'll just kind of see. It's like, no, you're you're <laughs> going two. down these two, just two, and so you have to have that mindset. Uh, Dude, that's really good. All right, good luck, Abigail. <laughs>
0: Um, let's see. And thanks for listening. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Oh, here's an interesting one, Burns. Subject line, law of attraction. Hey, Granger, this is Luke from Michigan. I love listening to your podcast during my workouts. Anyway, my question is about practicing the law of attraction. As a Christian, is it safe to use the law of attraction and other positive thought moments, movements? Thanks. You know what that is? I guess not. It's, uh, uh, there is um, uh, what Luke is referring to, and I'm t- I think it's a book called The Law of Attraction. I think that's what it's called. But there's there's a lot there's a lot of um, different books and different lines of thought psychologically with this law of attraction. It's basically if you if you if you think it, if you move towards it, the world is a, like a magnet that brings it to you. Okay. So it's this idea that um, it's like Jedi mind tricks, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's it's this idea and there's these books that will just lay it all out for you and just show you examples. But it's like, if you, um, if you love a Lamborghini and that's all you think about it and you put it on your screensaver and you put a poster on your wall and that you work towards it, then that law of attraction will eventually get you a Lamborghini. Mm. And, and I, I do think that you are, your discernment is correct, Luke, that as a Christian, this can get dangerous, because nothing about the law of attraction is biblical. In fact, nothing about it is, uh, is proven in any way to be anything besides um, just a strange analogy that, that people have made in trying to explain the universe, People use all kinds of different ways to explain. People say that, say karma, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I don't even use the word karma when someone says that's that's just bad karma, man. I'm like, well, I don't believe in karma. I like to say it. I like to just say it because because if I say it, it it puts it out there and it kind of releases that that repentance from my own mind because karma is anti Christian. The law of attraction, essentially, is anti-Christian. Why? Because it's explaining the universe and the conception of the universe and the creation of everything and the direction of our lives in a different way that's not biblical. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I think that I don't know
1: enough about this uh, topic to kind of really weigh in specifically, but I, I think there always is the mentality of thinking that there's these kind of laws of the universe that the Bible took and just applied. Yeah. Instead of, this is the fundamental truth, and every other truth that exists is God's truth and has been pulled into other places and either distorted or reconfigured in order to pull people in and fulfill some manly Earth, or humanly glorification instead of God glorification. Yeah. So this, without knowing much about it, maybe this one and uh, other... Did he say like other philosophical... Uh, Other positive thought movements. Positive thought movements. Um, Yeah. As a believer, and it sounds like Luke... Yep. Is a is a Christian and a believer. I think you just have to go back to the Word, and that needs to be the lens in which you see all these other things and the the guiding light in your life. So, yeah, I mean, I've had to learn to like listen to these other movements and these other things and say, like, oh yeah, okay, that that's actually in the in the Book of Hebrews, and here, here, here's why it's true. So, yeah, I'm going to take that. I'm going to take that, but I'm not. Validating your movement here, in, yeah, in, in its whole. Yeah, like- we'll
0: take we'll take the thoughts of that. Like Bernie said, if if the if the Bible's the the foundation, then what we could build on top of that foundation is things like this. I'll tell you this, Luke. Hey, try to think positive. Try to work hard. Use those two things. Try to work hard and think positive. Why? Because that is that a law of the universe that karma will will reward you? No, that's just because you're put on this earth to till the ground and work the ground, and and, and you're here on this earth to 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 use your your joy to lift others and be a light to others. So, try to think positive, positive and, work and work hard. I'm <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of the speaking of light. The next question sub decline is wondering in darkness. Hey, Granger. My name is Jordan. I'm 28 years old. I'm a deputy sheriff from Utah. I have two sons, six and seven from my first marriage. I have a very successful career and I feel like the rest of my life has been unsuccessful. I've been through two divorces, the second of which I really tried hard to save, but her abuse towards my sons ended up causing us to split up. We have been divorced almost two years now. I grew up very active in the Mormon church. Within the last year, I've fallen away from it because I disagree with some of their teachings. But I still believe in God and Jesus. I feel like I'm constantly wandering around in the dark when it comes to religion and finding a woman to have a family with. Please give me advice on what I should do. Thanks, Jordan. Wow.
1: There's a lot there. There's a lot.
0: Um, Shout out to to Jordan, thank you for, for emailing buddy 28. Uh, thank you for your service as a deputy sheriff and shout out to all of our friends in Utah. Um, okay. The, the foundation of, um, of a lot of these the, the issues that you're having is coming from, um, your, your lack of understanding of who God is, and building a foundation upon that. So it, we could ping right off the last question. So having a biblical understanding of who God is, and Bernie said this on the last podcast, that what we want, our heart for you so much in this podcast is, what did you say? To understand the nature of God. Mm-hmm. Not to necessarily give you a next step or a direction in life, but we want you to understand who God is. And we will both stand here right now and tell you the way to understand him is by devoting your time in the scriptures daily, really daily. And the reason I say it like that is because there was there was most of my life I wasn't. So I know I know that it sounds crazy to say daily, but it's a it's a daily commitment. Um, I think mornings are a great time if you just set your alarm a little bit earlier. And you just open your Bible, and you say, God, I open my eyes to this, because I don't understand it. I am I live in darkness. I don't want to live in darkness, which John would be a great place to start, because mm-hmm. John talks about light and darkness a lot in his book. But God, I want to understand you. And I know that, that, that by communicating with each other, I pray, and you speak through your word, these scriptures. So I'm going to open this. And I want to know wisdom from you because I want to be able to lead my family. I want to be able to reconcile these two divorces. I want to be able to know that the Mormon Church was wrong for me, and I felt a discernment from you. And now I could see why, because here's the discrepancies right here in the scriptures. Ping all the new emails I'm about to get from the <laughs> LDS Church. Love you, love guys. you, love you guys. <laughs> uh, but but th- th- this is my this is my way to tell you this, Jordan is by you opening that book and saying, I have questions I want to know I'm seeking. Draw me to you. Draw me to you, God, so that I could understand. Yeah, I think that I can already feel a lot of people out there thinking to
1: themselves like, Granger, well, I've tried that, and it just doesn't do anything for me. Mm-hmm. That is fundamentally the problem. It You're not hearing what he's saying. It's not what you're doing it's understanding who he is you coming to the scripture is not a uh okay god i'm gonna come here and now you have to do your part right it's it's understanding who he is the creator of the universe the the creator of the eyeball, as Granger has, you know, like described on this podcast before. Like, do we understand like who he is and what he's done and that he's worthy of our lives? Our time that Granger's talking about going to the scripture changes dramatically when we understand who it is we're going to meet with. Remember the the prints that you that analogy you did? Oh, yeah. Golly, that was so good. And I don't remember all of the picture that you were painting, but it was this this image of do we understand who is coming to our house why would we ever just sit down and be like okay hey no you're actually not doing so i'm gonna i'm gonna go in the back room and play some video games and are you kidding me like and and i i think i i'm not saying this in like an arrogant way because i know like i've been at places in my life where That was the heart desire was not there and the the relationship was not there and it was a fight. And some days it still is a fight. I was gonna say it still is. Don't don't get us wrong. It still is. It it still is very much a fight, but I think for for you and for Granger and myself, I know there has been times where we kind of catch a glimpse of like, oh, okay, I get it. You know, and I need to understand who. Who God is, and and not be so focused on, you know these these things that I got to do, or getting advice on. Okay, there's my next step. It's like just stand in awe. I promise, if you just stand in awe of Him and be still with that, um, things will slowly. He will slowly. His presence
0: will start to come. Jordan, I have two words for you to sum all this up: total surrender. Total surrender, and it's like this. It's like you. And and I've said this so many times on the podcast, and I wonder if anyone's ever done it. I don't know, but this is this is the truth. I want you to go home tonight after work, and I want you to get the kids down, and I want you to go back to your bedroom, and I want you to hit your knees, the actual knees, and put your elbows on your bed and your knees on the ground, and go, God, I'm just giving this to you because I can't do it. I can't do this anymore. I have messed up two marriages. I've got, I've got two sons that need a father with direction, with objective truth. I have followed the 186 rules of the Mormon church, and it didn't work for me. No more rules. I'm giving it all to you. My sacrifice is me. I was made in your image, and so my sacrifice is my image back to you. I'm going to give it to you. I'm gonna stop. I'm going to stop worrying about tomorrow. I'm going to start dwelling on the past mistakes. I'm going to be right here at the foot of this bed with you right now. I'm giving this to you. Feed me with your wisdom. Show me through your word, because I'm going to set my alarm. I'm getting up tomorrow morning. I'm going to start reading. Mm-hmm. And I might get lazy. I might get bored. Fight me. Open my mouth so I could praise you, the Psalms say. Mm -hmm. Open my mouth. I am worthless. Mm -hmm. Open my mouth. Open my eyes. Open my ears to your truth. And I'll just keep showing up every morning when the mercies are new.
1: Yeah. And the tendency is going to be to have expectation that, okay, I'm going to do this, and then he's going to do this. But I'm going to just say, that's not the point. Because... Honestly, if you start doing these things Granger's talking about, a total surrender, there could become an immense amount of suffering that comes into your life. That's happened to people, right? There God is not a pill. It's not, He, he's not a, okay, you do this, a negotiator, you do this, and then I'll do this for you. Like understanding this surrender is, is because of who he is and us really understanding that and then you're going to get to look back even through whatever suffering comes even through whatever joy comes and be like Jesus is better. He's still so much better hmm. than my than my triumphs, than my my sufferings, than the riches, than my poverty, than all of this. He's he's better and it's going to make you want to get up the next morning again. Man,
0: I love it. Yeah. I've got three things that have been rattling around in my brain. This is brand new for me. Mm-hmm. I haven't talked to you about this Bernie, but there's three things that equal the our love for God, putting God first. And all three things we come short every time. I'm going to tell you right after this break. Podcast is brought to you all today by Coinbase. Are you crypto curious? Well, if you thought about entering the world of cryptocurrency, but felt a little bit overwhelmed, well, Coinbase makes it easy to learn to buy and very simple to sell. So cryptocurrency might feel like a big secret or some kind of exclusive club, but Coinbase believes that everyone everywhere should be able to get into the door, whether you've been trading for years or just getting started. Hey, Coinbase can help. Much coin, such base. If you've been following the cryptocurrency craze, Now's the time to get involved. Coinbase makes it super easy to start your own portfolio and learn to trade like a pro. Coinbase offers a trusted and easy to use platform to buy, sell and spend. They also support the most popular digital currencies on the market and make them accessible to everyone. They offer portfolio management and protection, learning resources, and a mobile app so you could trade securely and monitor your crypto all in one place, like your phone. Millions of people in over 100 countries trust Coinbase with their digital assets. So whether you're looking to diversify or just get started, there's not a better way than in the crypto market than with Coinbase. So for a limited time, new users can get $10 in free Bitcoin when you sign up today at Coinbase.com slash Granger. Sign up at Coinbase.com slash Granger for $10 in free Bitcoin. The offer is for a limited time only, so be sure to sign up today. That's Coinbase.com slash Granger. Podcast is also brought to you all by ShipStation. You know, online shipping isn't slowing down anytime soon. So, is your business ready to keep up the pace? Well, with ShipStation, you'll never worry about shipping again. Make the switch to a solution that handles all of your shipping needs quickly, affordably, and painlessly. ShipStation is already trusted by over a hundred thousand e-commerce sellers. Keep track of your orders from any sales channel easily find the best shipping carrier with deeply discounted rates, automate just about any shipping task with just a few clicks. We do this over at Yee, Yee Apparel and it has made all the difference. We could start focusing more on the creative and more on our product and less on all the details of how we ship it to you. It just it just makes life easier. So you can manage every order Amazon, eBay, Etsy, your own website from anywhere, even your phone, no more headaches from dealing with returns and return tracking. ShipStation makes all of that super easy. And when you compare other carrier options and choose the best shipping solution, well ShipStation could do all that for you every time. It works with every carrier, so you always find the best fit for you. Your business can access the same discounted rates usually reserved for the big Fortune 500 companies. Save your sanity knowing that your orders are handled and they're all getting the best rates. That's that's really huge. Make shipping the easy part of your online store and you could have bigger ideas to think about. That's what we do at yee Yee Apparel. It's no wonder that 98% of companies that use ShipStation for a year keep it for as long as they're in business. That's really good. Ship more and less time with ShipStation. Use my offer code Granger to get a 60-day free trial. That's two months free of no hassle, stress-free shipping. Just go to Shipstation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page and type in Granger. Shipstation, make ship happen. All right, Bernie, help me stress test this, as you say. I've got three things rattling around in my brain here. And and I'm trying to I'm trying to understand how we how we put God first and the ways to do that, the ways to understand it. And there's three things, and this relates to our last question with Jordan. These three things we fail at, we come short every time. But we continue to lead in, lean into them, and we continue to preach these three things to ourselves. And it's trusting God, fearing God, waiting for God. Mm. So we don't do either of those three things perfectly ever. We try to get better and better and better as we get older and as, as our faith grows. So trusting God, fearing God, God, waiting waiting for God. And so this goes to you, Jordan. Are you doing these three things? And to what extent is your life reflecting these three things? Because trusting God means you got it. I'm not worried about tomorrow. If we trusted him fully, which we don't, none of us do. If we trusted him fully, then we would never worry about anything. We would only be present today and we would say let this cup pass from me but your will be done not mine we would say that every time so the second is fearing god because if we truly feared god we feared the wrath of god then we would be way different in every decision we made in our entire life it would reflect on that would be god would disapprove of me in this right and then the third is waiting for God. If we truly waited for God, we'd be so full of patience we'd we wouldn't have any problems. Mm-hmm. Because so many times we pray and then we see in the Psalms wait for the Lord. Wait for the Lord. Wait for the Lord. That could be years of waiting. So those three things kind of answer all of our problems that we have. It's like mm-hmm. I'm mad at God. Are you waiting? Mm-hmm. I I can't stop doing this. Are you fearing? I can't stop worrying. Are you trusting? And and so here's my point. Those three things are things that we could work on in our prayer life by preaching it back to ourselves repetitively, mm-hmm. saying this, saying God, in in your your meek voice, at the foot of your bed when you're you're just distraught and you say, God, I trust you. And there's all these alarms that are going off in you, going, you don't really, you don't really, you don't really. Not totally, not fully. And you go, God, I trust you. Mm -hmm. You preach it back to yourself to eliminate those voices. And then you go, God, I fear you. A righteous fear. I'm not talking about Halloween scary. Mm -hmm. I'm talking if you really understood the massive presence of our creator Mm -hmm. and how small you are, I'm talking about that kind of fear.
1: Yeah, and the wrath of God, some people are thinking fire and brimstone no, the wrath of God being what Jesus experienced, which is complete separation yes. from God. That is, You know me,
0: God. You yeah. know me, and I don't want to ever live in a world where you don't. Right. That kind of fear. Yeah. yeah. The one that, that can fulfill and restore and redeem and save, that God, I don't want to ever live in a world where I don't know you. Mm-hmm. That kind of fear is what I'm talking about. Yeah. And then the third That's is cool. waiting. God, I will wait for you. And then all these voices go, but you can't, I can't wait. I need it now. I need it now. I want an answer now. I want to fix this now. I want to end the suffering now and end the pain now. I want want my reward now. And you go, God, I will wait for you Mm -hmm. because your answer will always come at the time I need it. And I don't know when I need it. Mm -hmm. I'm too stupid to know when I need it. You see the full picture and I don't see the full picture. Mm -hmm. So I will wait on you. So we preach those three things to ourselves every night. Yeah, every no, that, morning.
1: No, man, that's so good. Um, I'll 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 end it with um, something that I've told Grizz in the past that has been very helpful for me is go find yourself some wilderness. Um, throughout the Bible, it uh, it talks about Jesus would as often as he could retreat to pray with his father to pray to his father. Um, and you see these people throughout the Bible, they would always kind of like go into the wilderness. They would retreat, retreat, retreat. Um, so maybe the mm. spa- space that you're in, everything that Granger has just said, go into the woods by yourself, go for a walk, go, go get lost in nature. Leave your phone, make sure everything's good at the house or whatever, but say, hey, I'm going to be disconnected. And then just go and then repeat these things that he has just said over and over, and then, like, wrestle with them. Wrestling with God is, like, he loves that. He loves to answer and hear from you and, like, show you and reveal things to you. So, um, yeah, I would just suggest uh, doing that as well. Love it, man. Love having you on here, Bernie. It's good to be here. Can we take a, a quick second and acknowledge that you're now a movie star? Like, have we talked about... No, (laughs) Dude, you're a movie star, man. Like, have
0: you written the Oscar speech? At any point, they could call and say, ah, we're scrapping the movie. It's (laughs) no good. Really? (laughs) Until it's out. I mean, like, at any time, they'd be like, ah, we changed our mind. It's no good. You suck. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, but that's pretty cool, man. Nobody has ever, just in
1: case you guys were wondering, nobody's ever asked me to be a lead in the movie. So still, still I think they were either desperate or um I fooled them in something else. So can you give us like you know the people out there just a little glimpse of like this yeah. was cool this was a really cool
0: part or this part really sucked. Yeah, you haven't been on the podcast since then because I was right. doing them all by myself during that time. That's right. So it's a movie about a country singer that lost his wife 2 years prior. And then he has three kids and he's he's desperately trying to find meaning and redemption and the restoration of joy in his life. He's, he's an angry man. He is um, losing his grip on his children and he's just trying to find uh, this restoration and he just misses his wife. And I read the script and I was just like, man, I feel so sorry for this guy. Like I, I really need to do this. Yeah. And it's a, it's just a good story.
1: So, having never been on a movie before, movie set before, have you been in any other movies? No, you haven't told me about? no, okay. that's it. What was the one thing that you stepped on? You know, to the set, and you were
0: like, "Okay,
1: this is weird," or "This is like, I didn't expect this."
0: Well, the the memorization oh, was yeah. really tripping me up because it was the script was, hundred and thirty four scenes or something. I was in probably ninety of those, mm. and. And I had to memorize them, you know, so, so I would get my call sheet the night before and I would have to see, like, we're all marked, all the actors had to mark, a number. So I was number one. And so every time I see a one, that means I'm in it. So I would be like, okay, scene 46, scene 83, scene 28, scene 105. We're doing all those today. So then I would go and like get my highlighter and highlight all my lines and memorize them. And then sometimes we'd get there and be like, hey, we're scrapping 86. We're going to do that tomorrow. Today, we're going to do 82. And I'd be like, I didn't memorize 82. I memorize it. So I'd pull out my script and I would start highlighting it. and Because yeah. you have to memorize at a level that's more than just you, you could recite it. You have to it's, be able to believe it. Yeah, and embody it. Yeah. And then you have to be able to react to the other people. So then I would have to kind of memorize their lines at least somewhat. So I know what they're about to say and when I'm going to start my next dialogue. Mm-hmm. So that was, it made me so nervous every day. I would show up and I'd be like, oh, don't mess this up. Because it would take them so long to set up a scene. And then you're fighting the clock. So you don't want to be the one that's holding them up because you didn't memorize. How many people are like looking at you right now? Like uh, 55. (laughs) Oh, man. Did you ever have you know
1: those? It's always fun to see like the outtakes of the movie. Did y'all have any of those where everybody's just I, laughing? And
0: there was a couple times. There was there was a couple moments where we were just like it was really funny, and hopefully we'll get those outtakes.
1: I feel like if me and you ever did a movie, it would be mostly outtakes, and and we would we would just <laughs> be was, laughing at each right. other. It's like what?
0: <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, no one outtakes. came to listen to me, so let's listen to let's hear their questions. All right. Go okay. For it. All right. Subject line. I hate being left on. I don't really know what that means, but um, it says, hey Granger, my name is Isaac I'm 16. I live in Kansas City, Kansas recently my life has changed a lot from no girls to hanging out with girls often I feel very immature in the sense that my mind always wants to like a girl. I've never been in a serious relationship but I feel like I'm always going from one girl to the next and ended up in fe- end up feeling empty. I have a good relationship with God and pray a lot that's a lower case G but i want lowercase g god to make me feel like i don't need any girls in my life any advice love the podcast how how old was he 16 16 so um does it say his name oh it's it's doesn't so anonymous man the first thing i'm going to say to you bro is is that your your attraction to girls is because you're a boy and it's natural like that that's the way you were created you were created to have attraction to a girl so that one day you could find one to marry and then make babies. Like that's the most elemental animal nature about you. So you're wanting God to take away something that that's like saying, God, take away my sense of hunger. Cause all I want to do is eat. So take away my hunger. Well, that's not, I mean, what do you want to do? You, you go to a construction site and say, take away my hearing. Cause this is too loud. No, you you don't take away that desire. You're not going... That's natural. You, you can a, lead you to a, construction site. You
1: need a healthy relationship with food and a healthy relationship yes. with noise and a healthy relationship yes. with your attraction. That's what I was getting at, yes. Yeah. exactly.
0: So how does he do that? Well, you're 16, so I think you're right in... Um, and not be, okay, first of all, you're right in the fact that you went from not hanging out to girls to now often. That's what happens about between 13 and 16. Mm-hmm. You're like, one day you don't care, and then one day you wake up and you're like, "I care about all of them." So in this environment, in the 16, 17, 18, 15, in this world, my advice to you would be to hang out with girls often in groups. Try to avoid the single alone times with the girls, but maintain a healthy, healthy environment of there's three girls and four guys and we're going to the movies or we're going to the lake to go fishing and there's five girls and six guys and whatever. But there's always this group. And so you're seeing the girls interact with their friends and your friends and y'all's all the interactions you're learning, like your brain is a computer and you're just taking in The nature of girls and how they react and the jokes that they laugh at, the jokes they don't laugh at. And you're seeing how they interact with each other, which is going to be different than how they interact with you. And you're just constantly learning. And this is a good place to be as a 16-year-old. What you don't want to do is single one of them out, and then you end up getting away from your friends and you're just alone with her all the time. Mm
1: -hmm. No, that's really good. Really good advice. The other thing to remember, Granger and I both were 16-year-old boys at one time. And here's what we got to remember. Your brain is not fully developed yet, and it won't be for no. a while. Yeah. So, it's okay just like, you know, hit the brakes a little bit. Everything's going to be okay. Just calm it down. You're you're going to make some good decisions, you're going to make some bad decisions. Just be 16. Everything's going to be okay.
0: Yeah, you you're you're just your neurons are just firing like crazy because all yeah. of a sudden Your mind and everything in you is telling you, I like girl. Yeah. (laughs) Girl, good for me. Yeah. And you're trying to figure this
1: out and like, oh, what I do. But it's like you're okay, just take it easy. Have some grace for yourself. You say that you have a relationship with God and you're praying, those are great things. Push into those things. And hopefully your brain, whenever it does, actually, you know, your frontal lobes
0: connect, then maybe we'll have we'll have some hope. Yeah, the only slight little thing to say here is too, when you're saying, I want God to make me feel like I don't need girls in my life. Once again, please re- recognize, not a knock on you, brother, but recognize how silly that thought is. I want God to make me feel like I don't need a girl in my life. Well, God made Adam and Eve, you know, like God, God's going to mm-hmm. give you a woman and it's going to, and that woman's to you. Yeah. And it, like, th- this is just natural, man. So, you're just in this in-between neurons, fire, and time, and... Uh, and maybe what he's trying to say is, God, give
1: me a healthy relationship with my attraction. Um, give me... What, what, was, what did he say again? Like, God, help me... God, make me feel like I don't need girls in my life. Okay, yeah. So give me security in you. Yeah. Maybe that's the better yeah. question to, to the better prayer is like, God, give me a good relationship with the opposite sex and make me secure in who you've made me alone.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. and you're right. You don't need girls in your life. So yeah, there you yeah. go. Ah, good, okay. man. And I think, yeah, the last thing is Totally good question. Totally natural. Bernie and I have both been there. Nothing wrong with the question. Nothing wrong with you. Everything is firing on all perfect cylinders. Yeah. Um, this one, uh, subject line, in need of some guidance. Hey, Granger, my name is John. I want to ask for guidance from a fr- with a friend of mine. We've grown up together and gone to church together for the past 15 years. She is best friends with my girlfriend. My girlfriend and I have been dating for four months, and she has expressed displeasure in the fact that we are dating and blames issues in our friendship because of it. She's also been making very questionable decisions in college. We're concerned about her well-being and her faith. My girlfriend has tried to talk to her about this, and she immediately gets defensive and gets mad that she disagrees and is calling her out. At the moment, I'm angry with her, and I don't want to be destructive, so I avoid the conversation. I want to get this your take on this as how as Christians we should approach the situation. Should we continue trying to pursue this relationship or distance ourselves from her because they're still uh, be, because they are still within reason? Thanks for taking time to answer. Love the podcast. So, John, um, okay, there's some problems here, John, and it's a great question and. Let me just kind of tap on this a little bit and then let Bernie dig. You've we've grown up together and gone to church together. Okay, so you've been with this you've known this girl for 15 years mm. and you've been dating your girlfriend for 4 months. Do you think there's a little bit of jealousy going on between her and her friend of 15 years and her best friend that's a girl are dating now? And not spending so much time with hers as, as you used to. I think that's pretty obvious.
1: This also means that they met when they were like five years old. Yeah. Is that right? Around that yeah, they've time, pretty much 15 grown years ago.
0: Yeah. So I could understand this girl expressing displeasure in the fact that you're dating and blames issues in our f- friendships because of it. Is she right to think that? No. But is she justified in thinking it? Yeah. It makes total sense on paper uh, just reading that. Um, Now, here's the deal. She's been making questionable decisions in college, and we're concerned about her well-being and her faith. The only thing you could do, the the worst thing you could do, is call her out on specific things she's doing, because who are you to tell her that? Mm -hmm. Who am I? Who is Bernie? Who are any of us to say, hey, you're making some questionable decisions, and we're worried about your well-being and your faith, and she's like, what? I've known you for 15 years. The better the better idea is to pour into her, love her, model Christ to her, be there for her, answer her questions, be a friend. You say that you're angry with her. Well, work on that. You say, I don't want to be destructive. Well, being angry with her, distancing yourself, and judging her decisions is causing disruption. So pour into her.
1: Yeah. No, and, that's and good.
0: realize realize that she's what she's seeing. Mm-hmm. She's seeing you, a 15-year-old friend, and her other best friend dating, and she's the third wheel left out. Mm-hmm. See it for what it is. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: without knowing all the details of in the dynamics of everything that you're talking about um i get a sense that there one of the breakdowns here is communication um and hey guys this is something that um my the the community group that i'm a part of is really going through and digging into kind of post pandemic thinking of all of the low-lying trauma or the relationship hurt or damage or everything that was done whether it was from outside sources or within you know groups of friends these are real things guys and we have to understand that it's probably gonna be a little messy to actually sit and talk with people and communicate the hurt that you have and and Coming to the table with humility and honesty and grace for the other person and curiosity to really listen to to the pain that they have felt and their perspective and receive it is like okay I I hear you and that sucks and I'm here for you like I actually am on your team in this mm. situation. Does she know that you're on her team? Yes, overwhelmingly on her team. Like I'm, I'm, we're here because we love you and this isn't lip service, but this is something that is not just for this email, but I think for all of us to recognize this, there is, has happened a lot in this world and is still happening to where we really need to be conscious of our community who be open to what is going on around me. Where is is the hurt? Where have relationships been fractured? And be willing as believers to push in to that and hey I'm gonna suffer a little bit with you for a while because I know on the other side this is this is healthy relationship where we have open communication and I, I now know you better you know how to love me and I know how to love you better because we went through this together. So I would just it really encourage and I say that with the most humble heart and know that I'm going through similar things enter into the conversation We're in this culture where we just want to hear sound bites and dismiss or align. And it's not that way, guys. It's really not. We have to enter
0: into the conversation with humility and curiosity. Replace your judgment with grace and love. Yeah, that's good. Because why? Because that's what's done to you. Mm. And you're no better and I'm no better. Let's grab one more, Burns. This one says, hey, Granger, my name is Hannah. I'm 22 years old, huge fan of your music. It's got me through some hard times. Thank you, Hannah. I'm gonna see you in concert for the first time in May and I'm so excited. My father has been an alcoholic for a long time and has blamed myself and others around him for why he drinks so much. My family and I have tried so many things to try and help him, but it never seems to work. We're Christian and I've been hoping and praying that God will heal him and help him overcome drinking. Do you have any advice? Thank you, Hannah. I'm sorry, Hannah. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry. Um I I love your heart in this. I love your heart coming to uh through this email here. Um first thing we could say is don't believe the blame game. It's not your fault that he's an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. It's not others fault that he's an alco- alcoholic. So although he might say it, don't take it to heart. I believe you already know that. Here's something that's just crazy. And this is so difficult to understand. But some people are just not going to heal. Do we stop praying for them? No. Do we stop trying? No. But we we rest on the peace, ultimately, that... It's not, it can't be fixed by us. It's bigger than that. It's deeper than that. And some people might never heal. Mm-hmm. I'm, I don't want to dismiss any hope for your father because we hope that he does. But I don't want you to live an entire life and then watch him waste away in this world and and always worry about what more can I do? What more could I say? What better prayer could I say? Because sometimes people can't be healed. I'm sorry your father's an alcoholic, and I, I think you're doing all the right things.
1: Yeah, I think this really is just devastating and so hard to hear. Um, I do think that you need to consider boundaries, in you know in relationships where we have toxic elements and unhealthy elements there is a, a process of you know communication and reconciliation and understanding and seeking those things out just like we just said but there comes a point where you need to recognize i i need to have some boundaries in place that Protect my heart above all else, guard your heart. And it really sucks that it's your dad that you have to do that with. Um, but I, I do think sometimes you need to consider what how am I exposing my heart to this unhealthy treatment? And this is this goes not just for a father-daughter, but this is within a family, within, you know, a relationship, a marriage, like, um, that, how, how are we communicating with each other and h- how are these boundaries, you know, being set and when should they be? I, I, not, I don't think I have the answers. This is a really, really tough one.
0: So a way, a way to help what Bernie's saying is, and this kind of relates to the last question is, don't always, when you're around him or communicating with him, don't always be on the, the judgment side. Like, dad, we got to get you to do it. You got to stop this. We, I, hey, dad, I talked to a new person. Here's a new facility that's taking in people. And here's the price of it. And, and dad, I'm praying. for Sometimes you got to back off and just be like, I love you, dad. Love you, dad. Do you know that? Dad, have I told you lately? I love you for who you are, mm-hmm. for who you are today, right now. I love you, dad. Have you said that in a while? Hannah, you might have. But sometimes that's also healing for your own heart. And it also helps with the boundaries that Bernie's talking about. It helps guard yourself by saying, Dad, I'm not responsible for you. I'm just responsible for the love that I have for you because you're my dad. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And don't always try to fix. We are fixers as people. We want to fix, fix, fix. Got to think of something. Got to read this book. Got got to listen to this podcast, Dad. Dad, you got to go to this church. Dad, you got to talk to this counselor. Here's a new therapy. It's like, Dad, I just love you. And that can change the world. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Um, I love
1: hearing my wife talk about the Lord speaking to her. It's like one of my favorite things in the world. And last Sunday, you know, there was something that she said after the service. She's, you know, with, you know, another situation that we've, not like this, but similar, where she just said, I just felt the Lord impressing on me to move forward in love. Mm. So I'm not, I'm not hanging in the past. I'm not jumping ahead way to the future. I'm not standing still in this, but I'm moving forward and I'm doing it with a focus of love. It's everything Granger was just saying, mm. just move forward in love and r- let it rest in his hands. That's That's really all you can do.
0: All so. the therapy in the world, all the podcasts in the world, all the treatments and everything you could do in the world don't underestimate the power of love mm. and how it can change and the ripple effect that it could have to change drastically people's lives. Don't underestimate the power of loving someone. Mm. That's it. So good. Love him. Dude, I could do this all day, man. This is
1: so fun. Thank you guys so much yeah. for you know commenting in and Granger keep asking me back. It really is a privilege. I don't take it lightly, man. This is really, really awesome. Thank you.
0: And we love you guys.